I'm Fred Van Lente, writer of Amazing Spider-Man, Marvel Zombies, and Hercules, and you're listening to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. show and uh, you know you know you, you write a ton of great stuff you know the one thing I, I, I wanted to, to start off with is to talk about this new Iron Man series sure which is uh, the second Iron Man ongoing series right now it's called Iron Man Legacy the first issue just hit stands uh, before we go into the, the thought of you know the storyline of the initial arc tell us a little bit about what the purpose of Iron Man Legacy is you know as a series and you know how you how you got involved in it well um I, this is my second Iron Man series, actually. Uh, when the first movie came out, I was actually the guy writing Marvel Adventures Iron Man, which is the kid series. Uh, and we did over a year's worth of those, and that was really, really enjoyable. And, it, and I had never really been an Iron Man fan prior to getting that assignment. But uh, the more I read, and certainly after seeing the movie and Robert Downey Jr.'s incredible portrayal of Tony Stark, uh, I really became interested in Tony not just as a force in the superhero world, but as a force sort of in the Marvel Universe in general. You know, he's almost like Bill Gates or somebody who who leaves a, a big footprint. You know, everything he does is front-line news, front-page news. And with Iron Man Legacy, we're sort of exploring how that's affected him and it affected Iron Man throughout Iron Man's history. So this is a in-continuity book but sort of set between the raindrops of continuity in previous eras of Iron Man. The uh, Each arc is actually going to go a little bit further back in Iron Man's history. You know, I'm, I'm actually glad you clarified that. You know, I, uh, I spoke about issue one on last week's episode of, uh, of our show, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I liked the book, but one thing that I did find confusing was where in continuity it fell. You know, the, the solicits place, don't really clarify. Sure, yeah. It, it takes place... Well, part of the problem is that you know, part of the intention of these books is to attract fans and readers from outside sort of the normal comics reading public who may just want to read an Iron Man story but not necessarily have it tied to everything else that's going on with Tony and the Marvel Universe being a member of the Avengers and sort of being locked into that main storyline. So you get in kind of a tough position because I think you want to respect continuity and you want to sort of satisfy fans who already are familiar with the character. But the same token, you don't want to necessarily go overboard, overburdening that new reader who doesn't know anything about Iron Man history with a bunch of information that may situate it in a particular time period but really isn't actually germane to the specific story. The, the Iron Man, the War of the Iron Man is actually set during the Jeff Johns era of Avengers. So it's after Heroes Reborn but before Civil War and before he became Secretary of Defense, you know, and, and all that. Okay. And there are, a few, there are a few clues in the issue, but, you know, as you point out, they're very, very subtle. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest item for me was uh, when he's talking to, you know, Jessica Jones and uh, Nick Fury, still director of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, sure. and, you know he, he's, or not Jessica Jones, Jessica Drew. Drew? Right. 
Um, and, uh, you know, so he's got them all up on screens. And I was like, you know, that doesn't really seem like that's going to happen when Siege is all done. So, uh, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we were able to chat about it because that is one thing I definitely wanted to ask you about. Yes, and, and you know, Rhodey is a complete human. He's not part of Cyborg, you know. And, yeah, and, so and people don't know that Tony Stark is Iron Man. He's still referring to him exactly. as his bodyguard. So, you know, tell us a little bit about this first arc, which is called War of the Iron Men. Well, like I said before, I, I'm interested. I, I actually find Tony Stark a little more interesting than Iron Man. So, and Iron Man is great, and I love sort of tinkering with the armor and having him come up with new gadgets. See, to me, the other great thing about Iron Man is these, if James Bond and Q were the same guy, you know. He's got all the gadgets, but he actually invents them himself and keeps coming up with new ones. I, I, I wanted to sort of put him in a real kind of socio-political international mess that he wouldn't wear his power as not just his Iron Man, but as this billionaire industrialist really wasn't going to help him very much. And just sort of have him get down into the mud and trenches and have to literally fight his way out of a situation. And that was sort of the purpose of this arc. And then basically... The idea is that a bunch of bootleg Iron Men are running around a Bosnia stand-in, engaging in ethnic cleansing, and Tony is asked by the U.S. government not to intervene. He does anyway, and this, as you'll see as the arc goes along, has a a big domino effect that not only affects Tony's life greatly, but the lives of Pepper and all the people who are close to him. It's almost like the spider... I mean, the the analogy I like to use is Tony's like Spider-Man except there are tens of thousands of Uncle Ben, you know. His weapons have killed tens of thousands of people, but something that weighs very heavily on his shoulders. And, and this is just sort of exploring how he deals with that and how he deals with moving forward with his technology and his Iron Man. Yeah, one of the things I did like about the first issue is, uh, you know, kind of the look at his dreams and, you know, his his conscience, you know, the, the, the things that haunt him. I, I did like seeing that aspect of his personality. Well, it's great because, you know, you can really get some do some real in-depth character work. Not that not that Matt can't over in Invincible Iron Man, but we don't have the responsibilities he has of sort of moving the the mainline Tony Stark storyline forward. We could sort of focus in on villains from the past and really focus in on Tony's whole arc as a character and the title of Iron Man Legacy. <laughs> you know, we're definitely trying to work all that in there, and people. Should, should note that the you know we opened with that whole sort of mythological sequence that wasn't just symbolic as you'll see in issue two everything's there, everything's there for a reason <laughs> so based on uh something you said earlier you know about how the next arc will you know go further back in time um it sounds like you have more long-term plans for the for the series i do yeah i mean you know i i have three arcs pretty much in mind and they're each a little bit earlier you know i i I'm excited about sort of exploring when Tony meets. You know, I, I, I would love to see, like, when Tony meets Doctor Strange for the first time, and they have to combine magic and, tech, uh, and technology and go off on an adventure together. I think that's an untold tale that would be fun to see. The other sort of exciting aspect, because you're not, you know, continuity is both very, um, uh, it's very, you know, exciting in the sense that you get to sort of, you know, it's what's happening now with the character, but the same token, when you do stuff that, that takes place earlier in continuity, you can you you're almost free. Like I don't think we could get Doctor Doom for this series if it wasn't. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it were the Iron Man, you know, run our you know run out right now and get your copy of Iron Man. Leave number one. Uh, and uh, and I don't think we could have gotten Doctor Doom as our big villain. You know, if this was 
set in the mainland Marvel Universe just because of, of the constraints on where the characters are on the chessboard, you know, at any given moment. Yeah, so I, I, and then the other fun thing is when you go back and care, like, I, like the story arc I want to do next is actually set more in the Bob Layton, David Michelini era of Iron Man, and that involves a villain group, entangling with a villain group that's been around the Marvel Universe for a long time, but didn't actually exist because they weren't created until, you know, 2003, 2004, you know what I mean? So even though it works in Marvel history and it works in Marvel continuity, I hope I'm making sense here. No, no, it Uh, does. I'm just being cagey about the name of the group just because Brian K. Vaughn created them. But it's cool when you get the opportunity to do these legacy series, you can take the the best parts of old Marvel and marry them together with the best parts of new Marvel, and that's really exciting. Exactly. You know, you can jump back into previous storylines knowing what you know now, you know? Exactly. You know, with modern storytelling, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, Another series – well, actually, before we jump onto that, I I do have one more question about Iron Man Legacy, and that's the artist. Uh, Steve Kurth – I hope – is it Kurth? Yep. Um, I, I've actually I've actually been a fan of his work since uh, this is kind of funny, but GI Joe for Devil's Due. Uh, I think oh, he did excellent. the first arc of that series, and uh, I know he was also involved in the Ultimate Armor Wars. Yep. So how was he chosen as the artist? Was it because of his work on Ultimate Iron, uh, Ultimate Armor Wars? Yeah, I mean we were really excited to land him, and he's definitely a rising star. And we definitely, I don't know, I feel like this is his breakout book. I mean he's just. Just the sheer mess of his design from the robot to the villains to all the many different armor that Iron Man wears. It just He's just doing an incredible job. And uh, we hope he sticks with the series for the long term. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely doing some great work. Yeah. Okay. So now we can move on to Incredible Hercules, which, which actually no longer exists. Um, but it's another True. title that you spent a long time working on, co-writing with Greg Pak. And the series is now over at the uh, as of the end of the Assault on New Olympus, and we had the Fall the, of an Avenger, the, yes, uh, you know, uh, miniseries. And coming up is Amadeus Cho, Prince of Power, which again you are co-writing with Greg Pak. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I kind of want to you know find out a little bit more about you know Incredible Hercules started up as a title right after World War Hulk, right? And you know how long has this process, this plan been in place? Has it been in place since the beginning? Was it something that evolved as the series went on? The way it sort of worked was the the original idea was going to be that Greg and I were going to co-write a series about the Renegades, who are these heroes who banded together with Hulk during World War Hulk. Marvel made the decision that they were just publishing too many team books and they needed something a little more distinct. So somebody came up with the idea with, well, Amadeus seems really interesting, and his interplay with Hercules seems really interesting. Why don't we just have the two of them? And then somebody said, oh, let's call it Incredible Hercules, since this is one thing you know, people didn't always get at the time, is that Incredible, Incredible Hulk was always going to end, because Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis were starting their adjectiveless Hulk book. And so that was going to be the, the Hulk book, so Incredible Hulk was going to end. But they decided to continue the numbering with Incredible Hercules. And at the time, I mean... The, if I remember correctly, the reasoning, the thinking really was that you were going to do four issues of Incredible Hercules and then just end the book. But the sales were terrific, and the reaction was terrific, so they were like, well, let's, let's keep this going a little bit more. And so we came up with, ended, with what ended up being Sacred Invasion, which is our Secret Invasion title, but that actually sold better than the first arc. Hmm. 
So about the time Secret Invasion came around, we had pretty much realized the implications of the end of that story had very long-term ramifications, and we had basically very sketchily decided that we were going to have these eight, total of eight volumes in the Incredible Hercules saga. And the sixth one was Assault onto Olympus, which ended Incredible Hercules. The seventh is the combo of Hercules, Fall of an Avenger, and Prince of Power. And then the eighth one has yet to be revealed. <laughs> now, but Prince... uh, we're working on it right now, and it involves an artist that I think will please many Hercules fans. Ah, there you Hercules go. There's a, a hint for our, for our Hercules. We're making news here. Yeah. At least we're making rumors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On, on funny books tonight. <laughs> so, Prince of Power is an ongoing series. No, uh, Prince of Power is a four-issue heroic age miniseries. Ah, okay. It, I, I read articles uh, written, originally referring to it as an ongoing. That's why I asked. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a miniseries. So, you know, coming out of Assault on New Olympus, you know, Amadeus Cho has basically been given the powers of Hercules, and he's still got his smarts. He is the he is the mortal champion of the gods of Olympus. So tell us a little bit about Prince of Power. The Prince of Power. Sounds so exciting. Sounds like an action figure. <laughs> our, our logo is really neat. I just saw it the other day. Ah, see, we actually haven't seen the logo yet. I think the, the preview art has only been the uh, Umberto Ramos covers, exactly. which are pretty snazzy. So, you know, what's coming up with that series? Uh, you know, I mean, as much as you can tell us, I think it starts in May. Well, uh, uh, spoiler alert for those of you who have not read Hercules Fall of Avenger number two. Yes. So skip skip ahead, but the big revelation at the end of that series, of course, is that Hercules is dead, and then that begs yeah, the question of where is he? And so Amadeus spends Prince of Power, the four issues there, gathering together the power he needs to locate Hercules and bring him back. This in this causes him to run afoul not just of the mighty Thor, who becomes Cho's new sidekick. Ah. Um, and if you think Thor likes being a sidekick, you, you definitely don't, Thor. Um, and, uh, but he also runs afoul of, uh, of, a, of a group we've been threatening to bring back in Hercules pretty much since the very beginning, because this is something I thought of because we've inherited the Incredible Hulk book, but for many years in the 90s, Peter David created an organization called Pantheon that were sort of sometimes allies, sometimes enemies of the Hulk. And they return headed up by their original leader, Agamemnon, a.k.a. Valley Hatling, who's an exiled uh, Asgardian, with a very famous father, which we learn, learn about in uh, Prince of Power number two. And, uh, and, they, and Amadeus ends up competing with the Pantheon for, uh, for this power he needs, this omniscience he needs to locate Hercules. And this requires him to go on this quest through many Pantheons, not just the Greek, but also the Norse, Egyptian, and Hindu, uh, with uh, the Pantheon at his heels and Thor also trying to stop him, or sometimes trying to help him, or it's kind of complete. Sticking with the, the Heroic Age um, titles, you're also writing a, a miniseries called, the well, you're involved um, in a miniseries called The Heroic Age. Yes. Um, it, it, this is an anthology series, correct? It is. You're talking about... Um, or Age of Heroes, I'm sorry, Age of Heroes. Age of Heroes, yes, thank you. I was like... They've, they've got a number of things. <laughs> we, we just make it up as we go along here on Funny Books. Exactly. <laughs> so you can come with Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your story in that. Is, is it um, an ongoing, uh, you know, P 
piece, you know, that you know, like a, a short story that will continue from issue to issue, or are you writing different stories from issue to issue? No, uh, I'm doing one specific story with a terrific artist named Hefe Paulo, who did Web of Spider-Man. It's the great, uh, well, great in the sense that his work on it was great. Uh, the uh, the story between the man thing fighting the lizard in Web of Spider-Man. And he's also doing, um, and he also did Doctor Voodoo. And he did did Doctor Voodoo did beautiful artwork on Rick Remender's Doctor Voodoo, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very lucky to be working with him. And uh, we are doing a story uh, about Taskmaster, who is kind of on the run now. I would since imagine he was since the end of Siege, at least. Sorry, I guess that. Siege hasn't ended yet, has it? <laughs> well, it hasn't yet, but by the time this episode drops, because I think Siege number four comes out, I think either May 5th or May 12th, so by the time this episode drops, Siege okay, has cool. been over. Then, okay, that is the day, in fact, that Spider number one comes out. Ah, see, there you go. So, you know, the entire creative team will be, will be signing in Philadelphia. It's too late now for heavy listening, but... <laughs> but you know, King of Prussia, my all-time favorite town name in yeah, um, I got to get all the details, but it's in uh, it's in the on May twelfth, the day the book comes out. Oh, fantastic! Yes, so uh, you know if you missed it, too bad, but it will be on the website. So. <laughs> exactly. If you're lucky enough, if you were lucky enough you made to it there and you're already to see into the future, then you would know exactly. that you should have been there. Ta- so Taskmaster uh, finds himself into in, in a wee bit of difficulty uh, that's building off of his appearances in Avengers Initiative, which I think, as most people know by now, is ending with Siege. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's that's, that's big, good. No worries. <laughs> that's not a big revelation. And whether or not this spins off Taskmaster into a new uh, series slash uh, uh, a comic by me and Half Day, you know, you, we'll see. I'm not sure if I can announce that formally yet. <laughs> well, but it's it's heavily possible. It's heavily, uh, you know, it's possible. If if Age of Heroes number three sells out, it's a definite certainty. Yeah, so, you know, it, you know, outlook looks story. good. You know, looking at the crystal ball. Exactly. Exactly. All that, signs point towards maybe. <laughs> well, uh, and I would say, uh, you know, one of the things that we've um, most of the folks on the Funny Book Show actually started picking up. Uh, we, we've got you know five rotating guys, and we all started mm-hmm. picking up Avengers: The Initiative when it started crossing over with Siege. And so we're huge fans of Taskmaster. So hearing that you're writing the, a Taskmaster, you know, storyline, you know. Exciting news, and especially with an artist like Paolo on it, Jeff De Paolo. You know, I, I yeah, think that's amazing. You know, that is definitely something we should all pick up. Awesome. Subliminal me- not so subliminal messaging. <laughs> <laughs> Over overt mess. You also um, are involved in the the Spider Man universe. I am. Um, I, I, I think you write uh, Web of Spider Man, and was your most recent issue of Amazing the Morbius issue? Uh, I had an issue come out last month that was me and Mike Guidos did the Scorpion. Ah, okay. The female Scorpion that I created for Amazing Fantasy that was, in fact, my first uh, Marvel show. Ah, look at that. But Mike revamped her and gave her a new look, and we set, we pitted them against the hood in his, in his villain army. I was very pleased with how that, that turned out. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the process of writing for the Spider-Man title. I know, um, you know, with a, a thrice monthly title, thrice monthly, is that the proper term? Semi-monthly? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It comes out three Let's times a yes. month, folks. <laughs> you know, tell us a little bit about how that process works for you in trying to coordinate with the other Spider-Man brain trust folks. Because you also write Web of Spider-Man, which does tie into some of the events going on in Amazing Spider-Man. 
Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the, the main thing is that we have quarterly, twice a year, really, summits in which we all get together in a big room that Marvel rents, and we, you know, argue about what the storylines are going to be, and then, generally speaking, at, the, at those meetings, writers get their storylines sort of handed out to them, and then we basically sort of go into our corners and write our own scripts. It's different than, say, what Greg Pack and I do on Hercules slash Prince of Power, in that, you know, he, he, he and I are, you know, both, both basically trading drafts constantly. Here it's a little more isolated, where it's almost like TV writers go off to their own personal offices and bang out an episode. And then, you know, we keep in touch by phone and by email and we read each other's scripts and read each other's proofs and stuff like that. But, you know, because it is a thrice weekly book, you see it, maybe it'll catch on. Yeah, uh, sure. that'll work. <laughs> then uh, we start, everyone's sort of working simultaneously and in the feed artists, we have to work so far ahead. It's, it's a very interesting process. How Steve Wacker and Tom Brennan are redoubtable editors still have their they're lush brown hair. I don't. <laughs> I don't really know how they. I, I, I'm thinking Pack was faking, perhaps. I guess that's an inappropriate thing to say in context of Spider-Man. But you know, screw it. <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. Yeah, there you go. Oh, see. He's responsible for it all. I mean, you you write a, a, a ton of great Marvel stuff, including um, you have you took over uh, Marvel Zombies. Yes. When uh, Robert Kirkman left Marvel. Or left, or you know, I guess finished up his piece on Marvel Zombies. You know, so I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I actually, you know, have picked up the last couple of volumes. And how did it feel coming in on Marvel Zombies three? Um, you know, I know it was a very different storyline. Uh, you know, you, you brought the Marvel Zombies into the Marvel universe. You brought back the Midnight's and Midnight Suns. Um, mm-hmm. You know, well, uh, not the same Midnight Suns, but you created a new Midnight Suns team, um, which you know. Right quickly, you know, got their butts kicked a little bit. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what's in store for Marvel Zombies, what you had in mind when you came in to, to the series? Well, you know, I mean, to me, the challenge with Marvel Zombies is to keep the concept fresh and different, and um, that's what keeps me coming back. You know, I I I, I know there, there are some folks out there who just want to see Spider-Man eat people. But I, I'm not one of them. <laughs> you know, there's just so many times you can do that, and, it, and it's like I get it already. Uh, so we did that, tying off some of the dangling threads from Marvel Zombies 2 in the Marvel Zombies Return series, which was awesome because I got to work with such great writers like John Mayberry and uh, Seth and and my good buddy Dave Wellington, all of whom were such great horror novelists. And then sort of in the stuff that I've been doing on my own, I sort of formed my own little trilogy, which is uh, Zombies 3, which has Machine um, Man opposing the zombies uh, and sort of having to go into their world to bring back something that can be sort of a vaccine. And then in Zombies 4, you have Morbius pursuing the zombies here in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said here like we live in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, you know, where we live in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> exactly. I live, you know, I live in Genosha. <laughs> I have a timeshare there. Uh, and then we just started Marvel Zombies 5, which brings back Machine Man, who's again working for Morbius. This time is uh, he's pursuing the uh, the zombies through each through the multiverse. So he's trying to get a, a sample from each version, if you will, in order the, for Morbius to be able to create a cure. So the first issue just came out. It involved the West, and we brought back we saw a lot of the old Marvel Western heroes. 
Next, you've got he goes to Kill Raven's world, and the sidekick, his new sidekick is Howard the Duck, which I think excited a lot of people. We haven't seen him him a while, particularly in an in action context. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be going through the worlds of um, Camelot, cyberpunk, and yes, even our own world, the, the most Marvel horrifying Universe. of all. <laughs> uh, and uh, exactly, and uh, it's just been a fun ride, you know. Um, it, it's 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 a very exciting challenge to make the concept, you know, different and surprising. And, and it surprises me because every time I think it's enough, <laughs> uh, I'm talking with Marvel and we're like, oh, yeah, what if we tried this? What if we had the, what if we had the monsters fight them? You know, what if we tried it in different genres, that kind of thing? I mean, to me, that, that was sort of the original idea behind Marvel Zombies 3 was what's completely, because, you know, you're going to be compared to what Robert and Sean did in the first mini and the one that followed it, mm-hmm. just because that's just the way the world works. So I will definitely want to do something that's just completely different, and so that's sort of where we came up with the idea of bringing them to the Marvel Universe and, and actually sending a Marvel hero into the zombie world to fight them, and Machine Man just seems like an obvious choice because, you know, he's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Can't turn into a zombie. He's so, like a safe bet. <laughs> so do you have an idea as far as, you know, an end to the Marvel zombie saga, or do you think, you know, it will continue on, you know, maybe, you know, with you as a writer of another miniseries or another writer as, uh, for another well, miniseries? Marvel zombies five definitely ties up all of the storylines. I've started that are sort of unique to what I've been doing in, since Marvel zombies three. So just as Marvel zombies return tied up Kirkman and Phillips, what, you know, few mm-hmm. loose ends there were, uh, for Marvel Zombies 2, this is, this Marvel Zombies 5 is going to do the same for sort of my, so they're almost, you know, two separate trilogies. You've got Marvel Zombies 1, Marvel Zombies 2, and Marvel Zombies Return, and then you have 3 through 5 is the second one, which are both very different in tone and subject matter, really, even though they all involve guys in costumes eating each other. <laughs> and I, I will say, Marvel Zombies Return is one of the few comic books that I've read in recent times that actually grossed me out. Uh, yeah, the the, the Spider Man. Which specifically? Uh, the the, the, you know, the shooting the veins instead of the spider fluid. That's the one that gets everybody. I, I uh, to me, it's the Sandman bursting out of his chest. Yeah, that was another one. The Sandman thing. That always gets me. Yeah. So well, the sequence, the sequence in the Kill Raven issue of Marvel Zombies Five that I think may top that one. Ah. It's, it's the kind of thing I wrote, and I was like, "Am I going too far?" And I was like, "Ah, so what if I am?" <laughs> yeah. Someone will tell me, right? And I've already got the readout editor always already tweeted about it. Like that's the your sick bastard. <laughs> you know, when you're grossing out the editors, you've probably got something pretty horrific. On your yeah, side. yeah. <laughs> and I'm very excited. Well, as long as they don't say no. Well, right. Yeah. Well, so what's next on the docket for you, in addition to all that we've spoken about today? Well, um, I have a couple projects beginning in the middle of the summer. I can't even, uh, talk about, unfortunately. Um, there's a secret. Yeah, nothing that's um, going to be announced by May 12th. Are you sure? <laughs> um, gee, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, know. it's a little early in the month for solicits. Yeah. Um, the main, I guess, the main thing that we haven't talked about is that in Web of Spider-Man number eight, which actually uh, I believe comes out on May 12th. Um, uh, it's funny because all the May 12th books are going to press this week. So ah, cool. They're all. <laughs> I, have, I have I have four books in the month of uh, May, and three of them are coming out of May 12th. So. Look at that! Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Number one. Well, it is, but it's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're starting with Spider-Man number eight, 
we begin sort of a, up until now, when Spider-Man's been, been an anthology with me writing origin stories, the villains and other folks, mm-hmm. doing other stories from different aspects of Spider-Man's uh, world. But starting in eight with a new storyline called The Extremists, uh, me and Javier, we're going to start doing a long form Spider-Man story starring Spider-Man. So, um, although most of his extended cast, the quote unquote web, if you will, uh, are heavily involved, it's, it's a Spidey story with Spidey going on an adventure and trying to stop a uh, super-powered serial killer from taking out Mayor J. Jonah Jameson. It's just exciting stuff. I hope people get a chance to check it out. Yeah, so, you know, today, on the shelves now, um, <laughs> you can pick up, just to remind you, you can pick up Web of Spider-Man number 8, Iron Man Legacy right. number 2, and Heroic Age yeah. Prince of Power number 1. Indeed. So, and later in the month, somewhere will be Marvel Zombies 5. Yep. Number three. And don't forget to pick up with, Age of Heroes. With a, with a beautiful opening sequence by Mr. Michael Kaluta. Oh, wow. So that is pretty awesome. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on the show today, and thank you for dealing with our technical issues at the beginning. <laughs> no worries. No, my pleasure. Thank but, you for having me. It was awesome. Once again, thanks again. You know, I had a great time. No problem. Me too. All right. Thanks, Fred. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.